0: Truth is on tour in the starry vault of the sky, showing his skill in creation's craftsmanship. Each day gushes out its message to the next, night after night, whispering its knowledge to all. Without a sound, without a word, without a voice being heard, yet all the world can see its story. That's pretty funky, isn't it? So, in other words, God since the beginning of time has been speaking and he wrote you know he got somebody write about it some thousands of years ago about the extraordinary world that he's created. You can see it all the time. Everybody says, yeah, but come on, you're not speaking to me through that. But actually what he's saying is look at the complexity, look at the complicated way it's laid down, look at the stuff that we don't even understand. And yet a lot of us carried away with a lie that it's self-generated and therefore silenced the voice of God. So you get what I'm trying to say in all of that? There's all this extraordinary evidence and we can use whatever you'd like to call it to distance or to silence the voice of God. So a lot of our communication... Is all this nonverbal thing, and that goes across across all cultures. Like, if you try and talk to a Chinese person, their nonverbal communication is going to be completely different to an ancient Latin, to uh, you know, whatever. I think that whole thing, taking the voice of God for, gra- for granted, is partly um, why he wrote in Proverbs 25, he said, Is the glory of God? to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out and I've often really wondered about that and thought, you know, God so I would really like you to just every day just give me a verbal download, you know I would know and I am, you know it's validated and I don't have to worry about it (laughs) have you ever thought about why Jolly doesn't do that I think it's the same thing about this taking it for granted thing it is, I believe, a human nature or characteristic of human nature that whatever you get really easily or that doesn't cost you anything, it's really easy to disregard or to take for granted. I believe he, <laughs> it's not that he's necessarily being deliberately obscure. We're talking about the Lord of Heaven's armies. We're talking about the bloke that made that extraordinary, complicated, ex- you know, come on. And, and we quibble about needing to go after what he's talking about. Huh. We need to actually wait on him and pay him the reverence that he's due in in order to be able to hear from him. I believe that he's actually speaking all the time, but you've got to be, okay, I'll use the word humble enough and pursuant enough and diligent enough and passionate enough to hear. And the more you go after it, and the less you care about what people think, and the less, you know, the more more you'll hear. I believe very much that God speaks to people in different ways. So (coughs) my wonderful husband is not here because he's got overseas visitors. Um, He's a bit different to most people. He likes to get out and scrub. Um, (coughs) You've probably heard this story before and I apologise in advance. If I've told you any of my stories, just wear it, okay? I'm going to tell it again. So he um, was one of – we went off – so we've been on this journey, right? We do this prophetic stuff. We go over, we go to conferences and stuff and hang out in the prophetic space. Uh, I suppose it was about five years ago. We were in a conference in New Zealand and there's a couple of hundred people and this recognised prophetess lady was um, speaking about hearing God and in specifically about seeing angels. She released it at the end over the entire thing and... Everybody in the room but two people saw at least an angel. Well, he was one of them. And of course he comes home and, no, I don't see nothing, you know, you know, you know the deal. He's, (laughs) yeah, yeah. So fast forward, hanging out in the prophetic space, hanging out after God, going out after God, pursuing God, not giving up, not being lazy, you know, all that stuff. He has actually felt a breeze at least twice in worship. Yeah. Come on, rock and roll. How many else of you have heard felt the breeze? Come on. I want it. I want it. I want it. I want it. He smelt an aroma. Yeah. Have you? See, I want I want to hang out in that space, but this is not what God's given to me. I want it. Yeah. I nag, but you know. He gets now. So this is this bloke, right? One of, so two out of 200 that didn't hear a jolly thing, didn't see, didn't think nothing. He gets words of knowledge for our Airbnb guests. Yes, he does. Yeah? But a really, really super, super, super big one. um, And this is about how God speaks to, to individual people in a personal sort of way. He likes to get out in the scrub. And this particular time, he'd sat on a log to have his lunch. Have I told you this story? So a butterfly started to hang around, and it hung around and hung around, and then it came and sat on his, his sleeve, and he was pretty impressed because he's really into like animals and nature and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, he sat there for a little while, and then it migrated, and sat on his lip for quite some time. And <coughs> um, he's certainly into his animals, but food's going to take precedence. So he got his sandwich out. And he started, and I'm not making this up. He was putting the sandwich in the mouth, and the butterfly sat there up <laughs> and down, up and down, up and down for the entirety of time. That, so, this, like, it boggles your head, doesn't it? It's beyond what the natural. Nobody would ever think a butterfly is going to sit on your lip while you're singing it. So, I don't know what God was saying, but he sure was. You you get me? So, when he speaks to me, he doesn't bring butterflies. Um, He speaks to me usually with pictures. Funny funny that. (laughs) Yeah. He also, um, I often have a sense of stuff. So, it's like, so this is where this hearing from God thing comes back. I get senses of stuff. I don't necessarily hear lots of words. I'd like to. I would really, really like verbatim great big downloads. That'd be rock and roll. Come on. (laughs) Because you can't doubt it. So when I first started all this painting stuff, I went on the journey and I really doubted my ability to hear God. And... Was what I was thinking I heard actually what he was saying? Or was this me just, I don't know, you know, making it up as I go? And it was a huge deal for me. Um, but because I, when I first started this whole prophetic painting, um, I painted every week for, for a whole year. Much of it was done here, but it meant that I had to keep going after God and what do you want me to paint, God? What do you want me to paint? And one of those times, he said, skulls, and skeletons. I said, no, I'm not doing that. They're macabre. I can't be right. It can't possibly be God. We're painting in church. I'm not painting. No, 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 no. So over here, there's this quiet insistence, you know. You know what I mean? The quiet insistence. It's not banging a drum and it's not saying, oh, you little rat bag. It's quiet insistence. No. Quiet. No. Quiet. A little bit stronger. So anyway, eventually he said, yeah, all right, you can put a roaring line in the top of it. So to backtrack with the lions, and I'm a bit off track, never, ha. <laughs> um, when I first started, I'd said to God, "Yeah, I'll go on this painting thing, but don't—I'm not going to paint lions and eagles." <laughs> so, <but coughs> yeah, God's got a sense of humour. So anyway, um, he—I so put this lion, and most of the paintings were done in one week. I did this lion this particular week, but there was this big sort of section at the bottom, and anyway. I thought, yep, oh, goody, I got away with that. No skulls from on to next week. So what comes back stronger than ever? Skulls. And I said, yeah. Anyway, ultimately, I painted the skulls. And actually, can you pop it up for me, please? It's the one, it's the second one. It's this one. No, back, back, back. There. No. No. Aurora, that's it. So what, and when I painted this, so this is, this is also one of those things that God did, does. I didn't know what it was about. All I do was he said to paint these skulls and skeletons. And I called it, it's got a really long name, and it's called um, Valley of Dry Bones. Ha, piece of cake. And the Lion of Judah is roaring or laughing at the Valley of Dry Bones. And that's not him being nasty. The valley of dry bones are lost hopes and dreams. Yeah. And he's laughing at the victory that we can have to put the, the flesh back on our hopes and dreams. Yeah. Which was pretty cool. So, a point was had I been stubborn and disobedient, um, and look, when I did it, I honestly had no idea that it was hopes and dreams. I was just uh, there. That's the key in that. you just got to do as he tells you. Um, So all of this year, um, I've been praying this very, very funky prayer. Um, It's out of Jeremiah 33 through. And it says, Call to me and I will answer. So we're talking about the Lord of Heaven's armies, we're talking about the Alpha and Omega, we're talking about the guy that started the whole thing, that started before and is still going to be there at the end and he says to us, if you call to me, I will answer. I reckon that's seriously funky. But the next bit is the big thing. And show you great and mighty things that you do not know. And that's, so when you really think about that, we can pull creativity out of heaven. We can pull inventions out of heaven. We can pull songs out of heaven. We can pull writing out of heaven. We can pull PhDs out of heaven. We can pull complicated, complex understandings out of heaven because he's given us the capacity to do so. And he's actually said, come on, baby, get you. go for it. Sorry, I was about to go somewhere. I shouldn't have done that. So... so um. I actually believe just by the and this is another tangent. I never go off on tangents. There's somebody here who invents things or who wants to invent things. God's actually saying to you, go after him, but you're gonna have to do the effort and the pursuit, you're gonna have to go after him, keep hauling it out of heaven. And it might be a process. It might be that you'll start with something small, but there's something that you've got to invent that's going to have tremendous impact. So how, so anyway, the point of all of this Jeremiah thing, and that was a bit of a tangent, This great and mighty things, um, I've been praying it a whole lot. And when I take the time to sit and talk to God and ask God, um, i start getting this really big, long, funky downloads. It's really cool. I started to write and do all this stuff. It's like, wow, and I just sit there and it just keeps going and going and going and going. So I'm not hearing God's audible voice. Not very often. Sometimes I do. I'm hearing, like, he uses, I guess, my imagination. Can you, Sam, can you put the first one up, please? So I actually believe your imagination is the universal language of God and us, our culture our you know time and education and all that sort of stuff discredits the value of using your imagination it discredits it and puts it in the league of the emotions or something that we shouldn't necessarily take advantage of. I believe that God is the creator he has created us all to be creative and jolly well heck how are you supposed to be creative we're supposed to ignite the imagination and that's the language of god so so it's it's like you go after imaginations so it's not for nothing that he says in romans 12 12 renew your mind like you know you're not supposed to let it be full of doubt and fear and pride because those are the things that are going to shut down your imagination. Yeah, they're the things that are going to shut down when you hear from God. And if we shut down that imagination thing and we narrow down that God's only speaking if he actually speaks audible words, um, we silence God. Wouldn't that be sad? Go through your life. And silence the voice of Almighty God. I reckon that'd be really sad. So, as I mentioned before, um, other people get to see and hear and smell and sense things that I don't. I really want to. So, Andrew's daughter, Faith, sees angels. I so want to be able to see angels. I've painted angels. Like on a number of times, and then people come up to me and say that I've seen this angel, or I've spoken to this angel, or, da 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 da. Excuse me, I want to see it. I really want to see it. I've been in places where people see extraordinary stuff in the supernatural. Um, this guy at that same conference, they did a haka, and it's one of the most powerful things I've ever seen. Like these, there was about I don't know seven or eight. Guys, and they're not diminutive, tiny little chappies, and they have thousands of years of culture, of passion. Man, those now, they released this passion. And it was one of the most literally powerful things I've ever seen in my life. But another guy, a prophety sort of guy, he said he saw all this blood come down over the stage where these guys were doing this haka. And I th- okay, so if that's not a stretch of your imagination, what is? I said, gee, what's that about? And he said, uh, so the haka, apparently, is to call the blood of the, the, the point of it is to call the blood of the ancestors back to fight on their behalf. And the blood going down over the stage was the blood of Jesus, sanctifying it. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was pretty funky. I want to be able to see at that kind of level. But don't. I'd like to be able to. If I keep, so hear, hear the words, if I keep nagging at God, I mean, I don't nag at God, but, you know, with the conversation, it's, it's, it's a journey. You've got to actually keep going after God. I, that's what I really, really believe. I think it's super easy to give up, to narrow it down so that we silence the ways he speaks. And then when he sort of kind of doesn't speak the way you want him to speak, to ignore or to give up, or to say "God doesn't speak to me. And man, that'd be really seriously sad. Like what if? What if God's got an invention that He wants to change the world with. And he wants you to do it. Come on. What if He's got a song that's going to change the world? Like And why change the world just by the way? The definition of that needs clarifying. If you change the world of the five people that are around you, you have changed your world. So it means that every single jolly person on the planet can go after changing the world and believe it, believe it passionately, if you get over the fear, the doubt and the pride. So going back to my um, prophetic stuff, because it's an easy thing that I can use as as examples. I'm not rabbiting about me. I'm just saying this is stuff that God's done with how, how I hear. I As I said, I don't hear words super often, nowhere near as much as I want to. Last week I was sitting at my breakfast table. And I may have mentioned what a bright ray of sunshine I am at daylight. Well, I was sitting there with my cereal and my coffee and only like two parts there. And then all of a sudden... I got this serious (laughs) of overwhelming fear and just rubbish about one of my children, what what they're doing and ultimately about his eternal place. Like it was just, you know, you're just sitting there minding your own business and then you just get (laughs) like this, you know. It was like hairy legs was having a bit of a, a, a go for the day. Straight away... I actually heard, and so this is not something that I needed to assess. Did I hear the words or did I just sense the understanding? And I don't know. I'm pretty sure I heard three words, it's only fear. And, And then, so then I needed to go on the journey with that and do I go with this overwhelming how I feel which was like, I mean, the tears had just started to go, you know, like it was just one of those big deals. Or do I recognise, hey, I think this was God. It wasn't me. So if I'd have doubted that, it just would have undone my whole day. If I'd have gone with a fear over it, it undone my entire, you know, life. If I'd have been arrogant about it, you know, that's the pride. So God speaks to people. Lots of ways. I mean, I would really like him to turn up every morning at breakfast and sort of, here's today's agenda and this is what we're doing and you know and then you're going to do this and then you're going to do this and then you're going to do this. Well, he doesn't do that, at least not with me. Maybe I haven't spent enough time asking. But I do know that there's a myriad of ways that he hears. Oh, sorry. See that language thing again? That he communicates. Some people just get the quiet sense. Other people see things in numbers. I was in the car with Lyndon one day and there was this big number in front of this building in Melbourne and he said, you know, I keep getting this, whatever it was. What's your number? Yeah, 420. And apparently it relates to verses change. Yeah, I can't hear him. But anyway, I think he said change. I know he said something at the time about Bible verses I know uh, Gary Morgan gets numbers all the time. God speaks to him in numbers. Numbers are so alien to me. Don't ask me. Um, Coincidences, verses, words of songs, movies. Like the number of ways God can speak is innumerable if you're prepared to listen. And the only thing that would stop you from listening, I'm just putting it out there, could well be... ...fear, doubt or pride. Just saying. It gets better with practice. It certainly gets better with practice. So my thing... um, I'm going to show you some paintings, Sam, when you're ready. Um, I So yeah, this one. This was part of my practicing how to hear. So that eagle, the blue eagle... I did live at a conference. It was very revved up worship and like, you know, that is my seriously happy place. The music's super loud and the drums are just, you know, and you just know God's there. So (coughs) Pony of the Eagle, and I might have got a bit carried away um, with, you know, and the back. So the top right hand one up there, um, I thought I was putting in this loose background and anyway, I stepped back from it and thought, mm, oh, that's a bit weird, and I went to paint it out. And I clearly heard God say, or I sensed, or whatever it was, leave it alone. So I sat down and I said, God, what's that about? Because I still, it didn't look like anything to me. And afterwards, somebody, a lot of people came and said, oh, it looks like a cat in the top. And anyway, overnight, God said to me to make it into a lion. So the following morning, I came in, and, like, if you're going to paint... You need to spend a whole lot of time before and you need to draw it and everything, especially if you're going to do it in a hurry. Um, I didn't have time. The music started. I started with that, and 45 minutes later, I ended up with that. And, but there were six points of reference. So I don't know so there's one, two, three, four, five. Anyway, there's six points of reference that just lined up. And I know God <laughs> put those there, not me. The next one, Sam? Please. This one, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this one. My girlfriend had not been able to fall pregnant. Um, They'd been together a really long time and they'd been actively working at having a baby for 10 years and earlier in that year the gynaecologist had said to her that she was definitely not going to have children and she needed to come to terms with it. And her heart was just, you know, you, you all get the grief. And I felt her grief. She, we walked it a bit, and she talked about how she'd had all lots and lots of prophecies over the years that she was going to have baby and you know all that stuff. Excuse me. And I said, God, I want to do work for her. And what I see, a stalk with the baby thing, and I said, absolutely. Utterly, God, no way I'm going there. Because it was too painful. What if I was wrong? There's no way I'm going to go and do that. And besides that, I was doing a prophetic, like learn to hear the prophetic stuff, and we just that week had the class on no hatches, matches and dispatches. So there was just no way I was going to go anywhere near. So this, you know, the gentle, quiet insistence, you just know it's never a loud screaming thing. It's this gentle, s- quiet anyway. I went off and I had coffee with her, and I said, um, "I really don't want to talk about this, but this is what I think God said." So anyway, she just looked at me. I, I think I'm sure I've told you this story, but she said very little, had a funny look on her face, looked a bit constipated, and I went home. And I literally, oh man, did I want to crawl under the chair! Anyway, she rang me a week later and she said, I couldn't tell you last week. I'd found out the day before she was pregnant. So here it was ten years. She just fell on out the day. She couldn't tell me because she hadn't told her parents and like like I had no way on God's earth I knew that. So anyway, I felt at that point, oh goody, I can go ahead and paint this baby painting. It was just a random baby, you know, you get a random baby off the internet. And I painted this, but I think I actually painted it here, I think, I don't know. Um, And I did black all around the outside of it. And it was in my studio and I was coming through the back door and I've got a huge studio and I came and looked and I thought, oh, that's a bit flat, that black. And I grabbed some red maroni sort of colour and went... went (coughs) ..and sort of tossed aside and kept going. And then when I took the painting... So I had no idea what that represented to me, it was just a artistic faux pas. I had done it flat, boring, you know. I have no knowledge that God said anything to me about that red. You know, I gave it to her and everybody else in the room but me saw it as this baby being in the womb. And unbeknownst to me, she'd been told, because she's be a big girl, that she wouldn't carry it past the first trimester. And they, she saw it and she held on to it that that was God holding her baby for, through the pregnancy because it's in the womb. I am Far out. I couldn't make that stuff up. So <laughs> the baby's two now. But the other huge thing in all of this, it looks like my painting. I painted the baby. Like when, when the baby was born, that's what she looks like. Come on. I couldn't... (laughs) So I know I've told this story before here, but the reason I'm doing it again is because these are the ones I can absolutely validate. I can say to you, this is what I did, this is what God said, and this is the results." We can absolutely, quantifiably say, yes, God spoke. And, And that's the deal with so much other stuff. You can let the fear, the doubt and the pride get in the road, and negate what God's saying. So the next, there's the next one, please, little girl. So this one, I rolled into another conference, um, and it took me a long time to find this image. I had no idea what God wanted me to say, and I just kept, like, literally, I remember it as being three hours looking. Looking and looking and looking. And then eventually I found, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do this little girl. So, ignore the photo of the little girl on and write. Um, and as I was drawing this this painting up before the conference, I heard the words of the song, Wonder. And I very rarely get words of songs. Like, it's just not... That's not how it speaks to me. Anyway, I was sitting there thinking, oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll call it Wonder. Because... Yeah, I'll cut the photo off. Um, the little girl's got her hands sort of, you know, like in wonder. Anyway, I rolled in on the Friday night. I painted it a Saturday morning. So I'd never met these speakers before. They'd come down from Byron Bay, never heard of them, didn't know they existed. And she, this main speaker, the, the wife, came to me and said, Grace, I want you to meet somebody. And that's her daughter on the right. Little girl's name, and I know I've told you this story because this is as funky as anything. Um, her little girl's name is Taya, which means wonder. Taya Grace. And she was speaking about the little girl's... Um, she'd had an encounter with angels. It was an encounter of wonder. Like, come on, I couldn't make that up. I couldn't make that happen if I tried. So... <laughs> um, so, anyway, that's my imagination journey. It's taken. It takes like obedience. It takes you to step out of your comfort zone. You know, get over yourself. Come on! If we're talking Lord of Heaven's Armies, get over yourself. Excuse me. I may be a little bit <coughs> my convict heritage coming out here. <coughs> I'm very proud of mine. <laughs> So, um, the point, anyway, the point of all of this, I find it super, super exciting because I believe we can pull it out of heaven. I believe we can pull, create. see, if you go after Tom songs with a heart that wants to glorify God, you're going to write songs ultimately. It might not be your first one, but ultimately you're going to write songs that are going to have extraordinary impact. Go after it doggedly. Go after it passionately. And that's the thing for every single person in the room. Go after it doggedly. What is God saying to you? What is it he wants you to do? What does he want you to pull out of heaven? You can settle for humdrum and... We just live in Ballarat and it's too jolly cold. And besides, I've got a job and a mortgage and kids, and I've got too many other stuff. And what if you don't? Who knows? Who knows? This one here is about um, hearing from God. And that one's about give me eyes to see. Because again, we we learn, use our language. But all it is, is I want to be able to see in the supernatural. Because that's, oh man, is that my prayer? I want to be able to see in the supernatural. This one's about hearing. And it's about, you've got to be aware. But there's a lot of other voices. Oh, wrong, wrong video. Oh. Um, I envisage heaven a bit. And most of me thinks that my imaginations are not correct. But I don't actually care. I've actually, just by this is total, totally tangential, um, I've seen, like in the throne room, the floor in front of the throne as this, like, um, it's kind of glass with colour and gold all through it, but it's like hugely thick. Like it's not this thick, it's like metres thick. And I, anyway, I thought that was pretty funky. I saw that a couple of years ago. But somebody else said the same thing. So I don't know whether the floor of their own room is like this extraordinary, you know, deep, glassy thing. But so what? I want to go after that more. I want to use... I want my imagination to be unlocked. Because I want to be... (laughs) So the reason I want to be able to see in the supernatural, I want to be able to paint stuff. I want to be able to paint angels. I want to be able to paint that kind of stuff would be pretty cool wouldn't it what if you went on the journey with God for creative imagination and what it is he's got for you to do what if, if you actually could call out creative solutions to the circumstances and stuff in your life what if you could call out creative solutions for the, you know, the five people around you? What if you really could? I actually see heaven I like, see as if we've got this big warehouse in heaven, and we can go into it and I regularly I pull creativity out of it and I release it. I believe that that's our right it's and I, I do it all the time and I've seen um, so the bizarre thing like I teach. Teach workshops, teach people how to paint and stuff. And I thought that's all it was. I was teaching people how to paint. And yet God uses them to unblock creative blockages. So creativity and imagination are hand in hand. It gets back to this universal language of God. If He created us to be creative, He created us to use our imagination. Not close it down with pride and arrogance that, you know, science. Decrees that we can't use that. Go on the journey with the imagination. It's a maybe. Okay, your imagination is going to be needed to get this one, right? It's a muscle. The more you build it, the more you use it, the more you practice with it. So all of my painting stuff was all about practice. And practice goes hand in hand with obedience. If you're practicing piano and you only ever do the same thing... If you learn practicing drawing and you only ever do the same thing without actually, you know, stepping out and taking risks and improving, chances are you will stay over here. So you've got to go on the, take the risks. I think we talked about it this morning, didn't we? <laughs> take some risks, practice, and go after it hard. On the other, then the other thing, just this is the. the um, don't ever compare yourself to other people. Because it just, uh, jolly well doesn't matter. And, yeah. Do I need to talk about that more? We're done? I reckon we're done. So I'm not sure about where we're going to go now. Because um, God might not have mentioned it. <laughs> I would really like to pray if anybody would like to. Um, I'm... If I can release any kind of creativity or any kind of imagination expander, I would very much like to do that. It would be an honour and privilege. But my heart very much, you two, by the way, write more. Sorry, sorry, beg your pardon, sorry. You're just sitting there. You two need to write more songs. Okay. I might have said the wrong thing by the look on the face. So that's the thing. (laughs) Sometimes you can step out and get it wrong. But as long as your heart is to what? What are the three things if you step it, Yeah, I know you know. Come on. What is it? So encourage. Comfort. And exhort, as long as that's what you, you're after to do to people, you know. So what? I've got egg in my face, I don't care. But I actually do think you've got some quality, quality songs that have got gold, a thread of gold through them, and you to write them, you to go after them. They're birthed out of pain, they're birthed out of passion, and they're birthed into power. Rock and roll? Come on. See, I didn't make that up. Anyway, so anybody would like to... I would be... um, Andrew, Mel and I are going to pray for people if they want to. You might crack a prophecy if God chooses. If not, well, go and have coffee and have a good day. And um, I'm going to America next week. Oh, I haven't told you. No, sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. All right. So this was my story that I was going to tell you. Okay. So my son... Awesome son. What? Okay. So my awesome son... He's taking me to America. He paid for the tickets. Um, This was my Christmas present from last year. Did I brag about that? Did I mention it? Like, you know, can I say it again? So anyway, I thought I was only going for two weeks. And I hate the cold. Passionately. This is the human thing. This is not my imagination. This is me. And I really thought, I don't want to hang around. Um, Anyway, so this all gets back to how God speaks. He used... So I thought this was just me just being a precocious little, you know, whatever, and being selfish and all that sort of stuff. Um, I kept thinking, I don't want to hang around in the cold. Anyway, it became over, I don't know, a couple of weeks, it became apparent that actually I was meant to go for longer. I thought, gee, that's pretty funky. So in that first week or two... I was negotiating with Daystar TV, like big, I don't know whether you've heard of it, but anyway, it's a big Christian TV station. I'd been offered an exhibition, um, workshops, um, and something else. Oh, and a a video course, like that they were going to film it. And I thought, man, the whole world has just opened up and all of this is going to, and wow, so... Um, I made the decision at that point to go. And I thought, wow, that is just awesome. Thank you, God. And then the whole lot goes, the whole lot, everything, TV, the workshops, uh, the video course, just the whole lot. Like the guy won't even answer me. (laughs) Um, So, of course, I was a bit, you know, not resilient in that particular spot. Um, But it was like, I know God wants me to go, and just because i can 't see what I'm meant to go do i 'm going to go on the journey anyway. I in my naturalness worked out a plan B because that 's what I do um, but we 're going anyway and then fast forward a little bit and now i 've got the last two weeks booked up i 've got three workshops in two states um, and I'm quite certain that there's another one happening and i 've had inquiries from my fourth so the point is, God didn't say to me, here, I want you to go to America, I want you to go and do these workshops, I want you to teach people to do this, I want you to change this woman's whole perspective because she's going to be um, a gatekeeper in the, in the whole you know, world prophetic art thing. That's what I would have liked. You know, and then I can refer back to it and I can validate it and all that sort of stuff. But it's to go on the journey and... We'll see what happens. Okay, I'm finished now, officially finished. (laughs)